Hey everyone, this is Jim, and welcome to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. For more information, go to www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Today I want to talk about overcoming mindset setbacks in a test or trial. By mindset, we're talking about how you think, how you intellectually dissect situations, and when you do so and experience a setback, um, it can be confusing, disheartening, overwhelming, a whole bunch of things. So I'm going to start by reading in the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalm 105, verse 19. This is the English Standard Version. It says, Until what he said came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. So until what God said came to pass, the word of the Lord was a test to him. So this applies to everybody. Looking back at the Old Testament, it was a test for Abraham to believe what God said. And as the time passed, the test grew longer and longer and longer. Maybe at times, maybe his mind told him, but this is never going to end. Um, same thing with Joseph. You remember that God had showed him, made him specific promises, and it took a while. And he went through many trials before it came to pass. So again, it was a test to believe what God said. So in your own life, when you find scriptures in the Bible, like Mark 11:24 or Matthew 21:22, or uh, even 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15, if you do what those particular verses say in the midst of your of the trial that you're going through, then those particular verses will test you. It's going to be a test until it comes to pass, right? Because after it comes to pass, the test is over, the trial is over. Now, some people think that uh, God is testing them, right? But the truth is that the only test you ever have to pass as a believer whose sins have been forgiven, as a person who's in Christ, the only test you ever have to pass with God is the test of having your heart right. In other words, being in faith instead of in unbelief, or instead of in fear, and uh, being in love instead of being uh, walking by uh, with your heart filled with love and compassion instead of it being filled with um, hate or judgmentalism. So everything about Christianity really comes down to the heart. Because if the heart is right, then the actions will follow. Now you can actually do the actions but not have your heart in the right place. Because there will come a time, it says, when people will stand before the Lord and they'll talk about all the wonderful things that they did and his reply to them will be, I, I never knew you. So you know God with the heart primarily from the heart and not the head. So let's just take a look at some of these scripture verses. Mark eleven twenty four, the English Standard Version of it, says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. It doesn't say believe that you're going to receive it, although that's what we're looking for, right? You're looking for the answer to come to pass so that you don't have to walk by faith anymore. You want it to come into the visible realm. You want it to become a, a physical, touchable reality in your life. But before that happens, it's a test to believe. It's especially a test to believe that you have received. The King James Version says, believe you receive it. Some other translations um, say, believe you are receiving it. 
Jesus didn't say, believe you will receive it. It says, he said, believe you have received it and it will be yours. Uh, Matthew 21, 22, this is the King James Version. It says, and all things. So it doesn't say, and most things, and or if it's God's will. It just says all things. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you read the Bible and you know what God's promised, what things belong to you, what it says belongs to you in Christ, um, it says that all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. So once you know that what the Bible says about it, then you can have that kind of confidence. It's not that it's, it will still be a test to believe, right? Because your mind will tell you things like, well, God could do anything. He can make it come to pass immediately if he wanted to. Well, when you start thinking that way and it hasn't come to pass right away, then you, your mind will automatically start drawing conclusions like, well, maybe he doesn't want to. And if he doesn't want to, why? And then when you start providing answers to that why, instead of being a degree off course, you can suddenly be 10 degrees or 20 degrees or even more. In other words, from where you are now to the and it shall come to pass part gets longer and further and further away. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, again, the King James Version. It says, and this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, and we know, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions we desired of him. Again, look at the tenses of the word. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, right? Whatsoever we ask, we know we have, not we know that we will have or we will get, but again, faith is kept in the present tense. We know we have the petitions that we desired of him. So when you're in the midst of a test or trial, your mind can present just as much as a challenge to you as the actual circumstances you're going through. Because let's face it, nobody, not you, not myself, no one wants to suffer loss or pain or endure hardship, yet we're living in a fallen world and the Bible says we have real spiritual enemies out there that would love to inflict as much damage as possible uh, in people's lives. The devil sought to destroy Job. And likewise, there are uh, evil entities out there in existence that uh, have the same objective to destroy human beings who are created in the image and likeness of God. So... Um, let me just throw this in there. If there's one thing that's hurt Christian people, real believers over the years, it's what you might call an Americanized version of Christianity. And it's been promoted for quite some time. For example, the Bible says that we can have things that we desire. But it also says that our lives belong to God and we've been bought with a price. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, For ye are bought with a price... Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And it also tells us to be content in your life with enough, having enough food and clothing for today. It says in um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned that whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. So that doesn't mean that 
you don't ever think about the future you don't ever think about tomorrow but what this is basically saying is is that we only can live one day at a time so whatever day I'm in and today is the 16th you know I can look at my life and I can see certain things that are missing certain things that I wish had already come to pass but they haven't yet some things I believe I receive but I don't, I don't really see the answer yet but I have to be content in other words I have to have peace in my life today because this is the only time that I have right we only have now so if you're always preparing to be happy to be content that'll never come because we already know the Bible says through much tribulation you enter the kingdom of heaven now some of the tribulation happens on the inside of you it's not even so much circumstantial you're being tested um, maybe you find yourself not happy or not content with anything that you do and that's just as much of a test as um, anything else I mean if you don't have enough and you're struggling obviously that's a test but there are people who have enough but they still have the same feelings as though they didn't right and there's other people that they'll never have enough because they're always afraid of losing what they have so they don't even have peace in their lives even though they have plenty to eat even though they have clothes and shoes and all the things that they need uh, relative to life they have a roof over their heads but yet they're not grateful for those things because uh, for many reasons maybe they're just not grateful because they see other people have more or better and they want that and they won't be happy until they have that well if that's in your heart if that's an issue of the heart not really the circumstances you'll probably never be happy with what you have with that kind of attitude right so real peace will come when you learn how to do what Philippians 4.11 says that's your test to pass whatsoever state I'm in there with to be content it says in 1st Timothy chapter 6 verses 6 through 9 it says but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and having food and raiment let us be therewith content but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish hurts and hurtful lusts which drown men in uh, destruction and perdition let me read that again I botched that a little bit it says but they that will be rich those who will to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts so what is that saying well you really don't need a um, Greek dictionary to see what the original words say it's straightforward it means the same thing in the original language as it does in the Eng English language pursuing money or having money as your God will put you in a position where you'll fall into many foolish and hurtful lusts uh, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 5 one more it says let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have for he has said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee now, the context there is pretty interesting because it goes right along with what's said in Philippians 4:11 of being content but let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things that you have and here's the reason why because Jesus said I'll never leave you nor forsake you so it's obvious if you have enough today but you but you look forward and in 30 days with, with the current rate of what you have let's just use money as an example okay 
So if all your bills are paid for today, but the current rate of income that you have, you won't have enough to pay those bills in 30 days. Well, forget about living in the future. In other words, learn to be at peace today because Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you don't have to forecast into tomorrow based on what you have today. Now, if you were left and you were forsaken, then basically you're on your own, right? Then it's up to you by your wits and by your intellect to figure out what to do next. But you're not left alone. And that's the reason why you don't have to covet things. Because whatever tomorrow brings, you won't be left and you won't be forsaken. So while I definitely agree, the Bible says God has pleasure in the prosperity of his people, Psalm 35, 27. And I believe true prosperity means spirit, soul, body, finances, everything. You have to realize that at the same at the same time, life is more important than the size of the house that we live in or the kind of cars that we drive. And you already know that, right? So life isn't about getting to a place where people admire you and praise you. So for you, it's about discovering the kingdom of God and your place and your mission in it. So these are just some of the things that people have to overcome. These are mindset setbacks. And the more time you, you see, we learn how to think by watching other people, by listening to them, by intellectualizing um, our approach to life and, and how we deal with certain situations. And that's understandable if you don't have God in your life, but you do have God in your life. You do have the promises of God that belong to you if you believe in Jesus and you've received him. So don't act like somebody who doesn't have God in your life. Act like somebody who does. Don't act like somebody that these Bible promises don't work for. So you can develop habits of wrong thinking and um, saying the wrong things. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue and you can talk yourself out of good things and put yourself in a position, but by your own words, you just feel condemned, you feel less than adequate, you feel stupid, you feel unable to cope, you feel like um, you're lost, basically. So that isn't you. So your part in the drama of life is to discover uh, God's plan of redemption and to take your place. Because what we're dealing with here, as we're alive here on this earth, there's a literal battle between good and evil, life and death occurring all around us every day. So if you've believed and you're in Christ, think about it as like it was in the days of Noah, where an ark was prepared. That's what Jesus is for his people. He's like an ark. But it's not just about you. You know, sometimes you your mind can just spend so much time looking at your circumstances and situations that you become blind to the needs of others. There's other people that they're totally lost, right? And they don't even know it. So um, we're here for a reason. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth, the Bible says. And just like Jesus, he didn't come, it says, to be served. He came to serve others, and he lived his life as an example that his disciples could follow. So keep in mind, you don't want to be a fatalist, 
concerning tests and trials that you're facing in your life. You don't want to take the stance, what will be, will be. Because when you start thinking like that, the reason why you're thinking like that is you just start, you're getting tired and you're growing weary of fighting the good fight of faith. The one scripture that I love that I applied to this type of situation all the time is Luke 18, 1, where Jesus told a parable to his disciples to illustrate the truth that men ought always to pray and never to faint, never to give up, Luke 18, 1. It doesn't take any faith or resisting doubts or fears or Satan with the whatever will be will be mindset. With that mindset, you just go through your day and whatever happens, happens. You're not taking responsibility for everything. Basically, you're just washing your hands and saying it's all God's fault. Even though you may not say that directly, that's kind of where your heart's at. You kind of withdraw from the situation. So being defeated, uh, it doesn't bring any glory to God, doesn't bring any glory to the name of Jesus. It just makes your life look as though God isn't as good or as powerful as the Bible says he is. You know, the Bible says that the goodness of God leads to repentance. It leads to uh, changing your way of thinking. It doesn't say the judgment of God does that. It says the goodness of God does that in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. So being victorious glorifies God and Jesus' work at the cross. Consider this. Every person who came to Jesus for help got it. He didn't tell one person that it wasn't God's will to be healed or delivered. He didn't tell anybody to wait several months and then come back. He taught to pray and never give up, as we already said in Luke 18.1. That means asking, believing, and thanking. The believing and thanking part have to remain in what I like to call the on position until every visible obstacle has disappeared. And finally, let me leave you with this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. This is from the American King James Version. It says, There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, that means you can count on him, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So the very first scripture we, we read today, it said from Psalm 105:19, it says, until it came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And here it says in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that God will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. Right. So what is the temptation? What is the test? At the heart of every test is the exact same thing. It was the very question the serpent asked Eve way back in the book of Genesis, way back in the book of beginnings has God said? In other words, he questions whether God actually meant what he said, right? And whether or not God is really faithful to that word. What did, what did the serpent say to Eve? Surely will not die. Has God really said that? Did God really say that? What it was one of the first things that he said to Jesus? God already said, this is my beloved son. He already acknowledged Jesus, right? But did he, um, didn't he say to Jesus, if thou be the Son of God, if thou be the Son, wasn't that the first test to command the stones to be turned to bread? If you are the Son of God, 
In other words, has God really said that? Are these promises really for you? Does prayer really work? See, God will not allow you to be tested above which you are able. The way of escape, so that you may be able to bear it, what that means is that all of these arguments will come against you, but there is no supernatural power that can cause you to fall into doubt, fear, and unbelief that you will not be able to escape. You can escape every con condemning thought. You can escape every single bit of unbelief. You can escape fear and worry and frustrations, and then you can pass God's test. It will come to pass as long as you don't withdraw and give up and give in. There is a way of escape. Maybe you need it today. If you're going to find it, I encourage you. Learn to go to the Lord for yourself. Learn to pray for yourself. Don't rely on anybody else. Don't rely on books about the Bible. Go to the Bible for yourself. Open up to scriptures like Mark 11:24 or Matthew 21:22 or Exodus 15:26 or Philippians 4:19. Open these verses up and read them until all the unbelief disappears, all the doubts and all the fears disappear from inside of you. Personalize these scriptures because you're part of God's family if you're a believer. Personalize these. Make these scriptures a part of you. It only takes one scripture to change your entire situation. Okay, so that's about it. That's all I have for today. I could go into more. I could go into some of my personal experiences, but I want to keep this short. Thanks for listening. And again, uh, if you want more information, please visit the main website. It's www.faithtestedbyfire.com. It's www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Thank you. Talk to you again soon.